everyone, Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network, broadcasting from an unusually cold Israel. I know many of you are listening from places where you would just laugh at me because uh, you see this weather all the time. But for us, and of course, I'm broadcasting from uh, the Judean Hills, south of Jerusalem and Gush Etzion. Um, we're having quite a cold snap, and maybe last week they said snow, didn't really happen. But who knows, maybe in a couple of days and we get all excited. So I'll let you know last, next week if it actually stuck this time. It is January 24th, 2022, now the 23rd day of Shvat, 5782. And I'm really delighted to have on the line with me tonight, Professor Abraham Sein, um, who wrote a really, I think, a book that anybody who is interested in finding out maybe the truth of how we got into this mess here in the Middle East, needs to have on their shelves, to whom was the promised land promised? And uh, nobody would really know this better um, than the professor. And I'll just read you a little bit about him and then we'll let, we'll let him tell us about the book. Um, professor Abraham Aysain has had a rich and illustrious career in law and academia. He is professor emeritus at Ariel University in Israel, where for over a decade he chaired, this, he chaired the Center for Law and Mass Media. He has lectured and published widely on international law and the Arab-Israeli conflict and held a visiting professorship at Stanford Law School, where he examined the legal origins of the conflict. A well-known commentator on TV and radio in Israel, Sign has also hosted a weekly radio show on the Voice of Israel called Yisrael for 10 years, practiced law mainly in civil and administrative matters, and served as deputy state attorney of the state of Israel. And he also holds the rank of lieutenant colonel in the reserves in the IDF and currently lives in Tel Aviv. So, Professor, thank you so much for joining me. And, of course, my audience, really honored to have you. Um, here. So tell us a little bit about uh, the fun you, you talk in the book, some fundamental truths about the Arab-Israeli conflict. Hasn't everything been written? Doesn't everybody know what what really the basis of this conflict is? I don't think so. And uh, particularly the uh, international community, like the United Nations, the ICJ, International Court of Justice and other, and other organizations like the Red Cross, they seem to um, uh, ignore the, ma- the basic truths about the conflict. Now, what's, what are the, these basic truths? The basic truths began with the Balfour Declaration. And the, in the Balfour Declaration, the land of Palestine was uh, on, on both sides of the Jordan River, was promised to the Jewish people. You know, after World War I, the principal allied powers who, who conquered the area from the, um, from the Turks, from the Ottomans, they were, the Turks renounced their sovereignty to them. So they could do with it whatever they, they really wanted. Mm-hmm. And because of the 14 points of, uh, of, um, of uh, President Wilson in, uh, in, in the United States, uh, they, um, they decided to uh, put in a mandate system rather than annexing, annexing the area. Now, the mandate system really was to bring this, these people, the people of, 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 of the Middle East, to independence, to be able to um, decide on their own destiny, except for Palestine. So what happened was that the Allied powers decided to um, divide the Middle East between the Jews and the Arabs, the Jewish nation and the Arab nation, not the Palestinians, but the Arab nation as a whole, who uh, represented by the uh, by, by Hussein, 
the uh, sheriff of Mecca, or he was as, as then the prince of Hijaz. Why? Because the Jews helped the Allied powers in the war against the Turks, and also the, the Hijazi Arabs helped them. So they wanted to divide the Middle East. They, they, they decided to allocate the whole Middle East to the, to the Arabs, except for Palestine. Now, Palestine at that time was not, in the times of the Turks, it was, it was not considered Palestine. Right. It was considered the Sanjak of Jerusalem, like the district of Jerusalem. This is what it, it, was, it was called at the time. So they decided to, as I say, to divide the Middle East between the two nations. And the Palestine, because the Jews were all over the world, and they were a minority in the area, they decided to put it in trust with Britain. And Britain was uh, supposed to make sure that the national home for the Jewish people is going to be established. Now, the Balfour Declaration was actually endorsed and confirmed by all the uh, Allied powers, the, uh, the powers who won the war. And then they decided in uh, San Remo, in 25th of, 25th of April, 1920, to divide the Middle East, as I said, between the Arabs and the Jews. And the Jewish people actually uh, were entitled to the whole area of Palestine from both sides of the Jordan. And then what today, was, what today is Israel, Judea and Samaria, and what we know as the Kingdom of Jordan. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But uh, what happened was that the uh, this is another story that Winston Churchill at the time wanted to appease the Arabs, the Arabs of Hijaz. Why? So he gave Abdallah, he gave Abdallah the second son. Of, why did he uh, wanted? Why did he want to do that? Because the the uh, Abdallah wanted to restate reinstate his brother as king of Syria because he was ousted by the French and he came with a big army to fight the French and the British did not want that mm -hmm. so they told him, told him they would give him Jordan, they would make him a prince there and later he became king of, 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 of Transjordan mm -hmm. but that was the real, the real reason they wanted to um, stop him from fighting the French that was the whole reason so, Amazing. and uh, but the uh, then there was the British mandate. The British mandate was actually all geared to give the Jews their national home in Palestine. That was the real reason for the mandate. Mm -hmm. And Britain put itself a commitment to do that. So, uh, so what happened? Well, what happened? No. Why what, what, did you do you think that they initially really intended to do that? That they never intended to do that? That they saw this piece of land as a great way of piping oil now that had been found? You know, there's so many different reasons um, well, for why, in the end, we end up struggling against the British. Well, first of all, uh, the the two people who wanted to give the Jews uh, a homeland in Palestine, where Lloyd George was the prime minister and Balfour was the minister of uh, foreign affairs. Mm -hmm. They they they, uh, they retired later on and the new administration came into Britain. There was a new, a new prime minister and a new foreign, foreign secretary. And they, uh, because of the Arabs, made, made uh, terrorist activities in, in Palestine. And they saw that this is going to cost them a lot of lives and they would need a big uh, a British army here. 
Mm-hmm. So they changed their attitude towards the Jews. And there was there was a pogrom, 1936, 39. Every three or four years, there was a there was a big uh, a big terrorist activity. So the British wanted to <clears throat> appease the Arabs because they were in turmoil. turmoil. So uh, they changed their attitude. And in 1939, uh, Malcolm McDonald, who was the uh, secretary for uh, the colonial secretary, he decided that the immigration should stop and that uh, citizenship should not be uh, given to the Jewish people. In other words, he, he, he turned his, his, his way to have Palestine to become an Arab, another Arab state, the whole Palestine. And, and this is what's Arab. known as the white paper. And of course, for everyone who knows their history, and my listeners all know their history, 1939 is just when Germany uh, starts on its genocidal war path uh, against right. the Jews, and exactly when the Jews need a place to go, and the British shut the gates to the land of Israel. Yeah, right. this is this was the this was this was the third white paper. First mm-hmm. white paper was in 1922, and the other yeah. that, this was the third. It was the most it was the most terrible white paper for the Jewish people at all. Right. But one could make a case that the terrorism of the Arabs has consistently, over nearly a century, gotten them what they wanted. Exactly. And no, well, they, they, they actually, the Arabs caused the British people, the British uh, authorities here in Israel, in Palestine, to change their attitude. But the Arabs lost, lost all the way by, mm-hmm. by the terrorist activity. I tell you, because at the beginning... Palestine was a Jewish, uh, uh, was promised to the Jewish people. And uh, the Arabs had really nothing in Palestine. The Arabs, the, the Arabs of Palestine had nothing, no, no national rights in, in Palestine. Mm-hmm. But when they attacked, when, they, when there was the second partition in uh, 1947, the 29th of, of November, 1947, they got half of, of Western Palestine. On top, in addition, to the uh, area that was torn out of Palestine, east of the Jordan River. When they attacked Israel in 1948, they actually lost the uh, lost this uh, opportunity. Mm-hmm. And they show that they, uh, they, uh, they, 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 when they show the map and see, say that they had all Palestine in their possession and now they have nothing, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a wrong, it's a, it's a mistake, it's a misnomer. Because mm. what they had before nothing, and now they have nothing because of the wars that they conducted against Israel. So um, you, you lay out a book that really every legal uh, argument, precedent, whatever was passed, you put in here. It's not an emotional book. It's not a biblical book. It's not a God about God. This is about the legal rights of the Jews to the land of Israel. So my question for you, and I don't, I don't know if you can answer it, is all the information that was available to you is available to everybody, I would imagine. Are people deliberately ignoring the information? Are they staying ignorant? Because you're going to make you're making it very difficult for people to stay ignorant if they pick up your book. <laughs> but yeah. do people not want this to be solved? Do people not want to recognize the Jewish rights? in the land of Israel for other reasons, in your opinion? Let me say this. If the Arabs of Palestine were living in Africa and they would have uh, suffered one million casualties 
you would have had one article in the newspaper in the world. But being in Israel, being in this, in this area, makes it, because of the Jews, it makes it so uh, interesting to the whole world. What I'm trying to say is this. Part of the people, I would say, are ignorant. Part of them are, are not ignorant. They know the, the truth, but they try to hide it. They try to, uh, these are the hypocrites. You have the hypocrites and the ignorant. The hypocrites know the, they know the truth, and they try to hide it. Now, because, you take, for example, in your opinion? They're anti-Semitic. Because of this, there's no other reason. But because they are here, everybody's noticing them, and they're becoming very important to the world. But this mm -hmm. is only because of anti-Semitism. So uh, if you take, for example, the judgment of the uh, International Court of Justice on the, on the barrier, on the barrier that was that was uh, established, uh, erected in, in, in Israel, mm -hmm. on, on partly on the West Bank. They say that this Arabic, it's, uh, the area is uh, occupied Palestinian territory. But the ICJ does not explain how did this area become uh, Palestinian Arab territory. It was never, there was never a Palestinian state. Right. There, was ne there, was no Palestinian, there was no Palestinian entity. There was no Palestinian people until 1964 or 1988. 1964, and before 1964, there was no Palestinian entity. And when the Middle East was, was divided in 1920, there was no, there was no, there was no Palestinian. There were the Palestinians, the, the Arabs of Palestine who lived here, were actually uh, part of Syria. There was no mm -hmm. entity Palestinian. So how did this area become occupied Palestinian territory? They do not explain. They, they, it, became, it became axiomatic. So this notion has become, uh, become axiomatic. And uh, the, the world, the international community, repeats this again and again, like it's, it's a Palestinian territory, but there's no truth in that. Because uh, when the Palestine was promised to the Jewish people, it, was, it included Jerusalem, it included the West Bank, it included the Gaza Strip, it included all the area west, west of the Jordan. So there couldn't have been any Palestinian Arab territory. Now, when we uh, occupied this area from the uh, Jordanians, it was not from the Palestinians, it was, it was from Jordan, from the Kingdom of Jordan at the time. So how did we become Palestinian territory? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's actually, I would say that some people are ignorant, but others, others, the decision makers are not that ignorant. I think they are just uh, trying to hide this. And you never, you, you know, nobody can challenge these uh, truths. Mm -hmm. so, Nobody can say that they are not part of the international uh, uh, law. Nobody can say that. What they do is very simple. They just ignore them totally. They just ignore them. They, as if they never existed. There's no, you don't find anywhere in any official document in the world, you don't find the Balfour Declaration as, a, as something to, to deal with as a, in, in, in a legal aspect. You don't have the, the San Remo. You don't have the... Uh, uh, Palestine, the uh, the uh, uh, British mandate in Palestine, and the Treaty of Sèvres, Treaty of Lausanne, all these are not mentioned anywhere. As if everything started in 1967. 1967, they say that there was 242 and 338, and uh, Israel invaded. Uh, on a whim, Jordan, we invaded Jordan. Therefore, yes. it has to return this area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
So yeah. when you look at the whole, when you look at the whole thing, you see that this is uh, the whole world is just wrong in its in its attitude towards the Jewish settlements in the in the in Judea and Samaria. And our mistake, really, the Jewish mistake, is that we were not saying that this is Judea and Samaria. We are saying the West Bank. When you say the West Bank, it's very easy to say that it's Palestinian territory. But can you imagine? You would say Judea is Palestinian Arab territory. Right. It's possible. I'm glad you said that. So we, yes. Mm-hmm. So actually, we should we should uh, you know if you take the British documents all over, you don't find any West Bank there. You find Judea and Samaria in, right. the, in the in the mandate in the, in the mandate uh, documents. You don't find any West Bank. You find mm-hmm. Judea and Samaria. The, what we should really repeat and repeat all the time it mm-hmm. is Judea and Samaria. You cannot yeah. annex Judea. You cannot you cannot turn Judea into a Palestinian Arab territory. Doesn't make sense. Yes, my listeners have been hearing this for years, the importance of using the right terminology. It makes a difference to not talk about borders when it's really an armistice or a ceasefire line and to really try and couch things as correctly as possible. So what if you were the advisor to the government, what would you do in our in our current situation, given that there is the law and there is the rights that we have here based in the law? But there's also the public attitude, which is not based on law. It's based on emotion and a lot of manipulation. And as you said, quite rightly, anti-Semitism. How, how would you deal with this, this situation if you had the, the ability, the influence, the power to be able to do so? Well, if they say that the occupation is illegal, if the international community, if the... the uh, the United Nations, mm-hmm. the red, the which red they cross. do, which they do, yeah. and accuse us of war yeah. crimes and apartheid and Geneva yeah. Convention and everything they can possibly throw at us, right? Exactly. <laughs> now, if you if you uh, take this, if you see if you say that uh, the settlements are illegal, it means you're talking on the legal basis. You're not talking on political basis. You say that the excellent are, point. When, mm-hmm. the United sides that it's, it's Palestinian Arab territory, and that the settlements are illegal, uh, contrary to section 49 of the Geneva Convention. And when they say that it's illegal, it means they are dealing with law. And therefore, the book is very important for the legal matter. It has, it gives the tools to, to, contra, to contradict these, uh, these uh, allegations. There's no, there's no foundation for these allegations, because there's no such thing as uh, as the settlements are illegal, and that 242 really, you know what 242 means? 242 says that the Israel should withdraw from territories, from territories, not from the territories, not from yeah. all the territories, but territories, just territories, uh, that they occupied in, during the Six-Day War. So the territories Israel occupied from this, this in the Six-Day War were the Sinai, were the Golan Heights, were the West Bank, were the Gaza Strip, and were also part, parts of, of Jordan. Of uh, well, what we return to Jordan. Mm-hmm. So, when Israel uh, retreated from from Sinai, it actually retreated from eighty percent of the territories they occupied. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. We fulfilled the, the obligation according to that, mm-hmm. and then some. There is nothing in two four two that says we have to retreat from Judea and from Samaria, everywhere, mm-hmm. or from or from East Jerusalem, or from the Gaza Strip. Nothing that says that. Uh, on the contrary, you know, um, 
in the United Nations then, there were many countries who were with the Arabs and they tried to say that Israel should draw from all the territories. And this was not accepted by anybody. And it was, it was rejected in the United Nations. It, it's not in the French version? No. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Not in the French and not in the English version. Mm-hmm. It says it has to withdraw from territories. Right. I know there have been allegations in the French. In yeah. the French, it, 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 it pointed to this, uh, to this conclusion, but it's not right. No, uh-huh. I don't think okay, so. Okay, good. Thank you it's, for the clarification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Israel had no, had no obligation to retreat from, uh, from uh, Judea and Samaria. What happened was that after 19 years of Jordanian occupation of the, of the West Bank and... Uh, and uh, Judea and Samaria. Occupation. Judea and Samaria to follow your very right, right. <laughs> correct <laughs> statement. Yeah. Yes. And you know, to the, uh, the term... And uh, Egypt also occupied uh, Gaza, and for 19 years they did not, they did not even think of giving them independence. Right. It was only Israel. It was only Israel in the Oslo Accords who decided to do something about this matter. You know, in the in the Oslo Accords, for example, there is no mention of a Palestinian state, nowhere. Right. In every every section, it says that the uh, Oslo Accords are to bring peace to the area and to uh, solve all the problems with negotiations and not by force. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing to say that the, 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 it is to establish a Palestinian state. The vast majority of people haven't read them, though, so they don't know what you just said. They just right. make their assumptions. Mm-hmm. So what happened was that today, I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about states, I'm talking about decision makers in, 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 Western, in Western states, not even in Arab states, but the Western states. I'm saying that uh, now... Suddenly, Palestine to to establish a Palestine is more important than having peace, right. and uh, therefore, therefore, they are they are adamant on on having a Palestinian state without peace. That's well, the real well, tragedy they, here. Uh, That's the real tragedy that it's become right. that they deserve to have a state. If they want to give us peace, well, they'll, maybe they'll be nice. And everyone's forgotten that it was supposed to be uh, based on the idea that they would stop terrorism and that they would stop all the violence. And, exactly. and it got flipped to be something that they deserve. And we should just be happy if they decide one day to stop killing us. And the, right. the entire thing was flipped on its head. Um, may I ask you, asking you perhaps a more personal question? Did you always understand the situation this way, or as the years went on? Because there, there, you know, quite a few people that I've met over the years who initially were for the Oslo Accords, and of course, got dis, 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 um, disgusted would be one way of saying it, but understood as the years went on that it was it was pie in the sky, that it was not what they had hoped, that the leadership on the other side was not intent at all in, in, in caring about their own people and in creating some kind of viable place for their own people to bloom, but was just interested in taking a lot of money and keeping everybody down. Um, did, but did you, did you always feel this way all through the years? Um, that what, like, let's say for example, the Oslo Accords were, were a disaster or was there kind of a, a process for you as the decades have gone by? Yeah, the Oslo Accords are the biggest disaster the biggest disaster to the Jewish nation as a whole and to the Israelis as a, as a, a particular have suffered since then. Mm-hmm. And it was a 
it was a fantastic, it was a drastic mistake. But let me answer your question. I've been researching into this since the Six Day War, since I was a student in Cambridge, uh, 1967, 66, mm-hmm. and and uh, and uh, I, I I pursued this 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 research all the all the years. Actually, the uh, the Center for Law and Mass Media dealt mainly with the Arab-Israeli conflict from all its aspects, especially wow. from the legal aspect and from the political aspect, but from, also from the economic aspect and from other aspects. But I wasn't aware of the fundamental truths as I am now. I wasn't aware that the uh, international law is really based on the Balfour Declaration, on the uh, on the uh, San Remo Resolution, and on mm-hmm. the British Palestine. I wasn't I, because I I never encountered this in any in, in, in any document. Now I know that these are this is international law. This is actually international law, and what the decision makers in the world are doing, the, the international community is doing, is ignoring it completely, as if it never existed, as if it never happened, as if it's a historical historical story that has no legal effect. But this is wrong. This is a mistake, big mistake. And that's and why be... it's so important that you put this all down in your book. Right, right. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, why, I, that's why I put it in, and not just put it in my book. I think my book is the first book, that, the first ever published book, that has gone into deep into the research and into the Balfour Declaration, the the sections, the articles of the British mandate and uh, research into them and try to give them an explanation and to find out what lays behind them. Because Mm -hmm. uh, you don't find this in any of the books that are uh, written on the subject. In in such a comprehensive way. Yeah, yeah. Not only only that, the, most of the books, I say 99% of the books that are published on the Arab-Israeli conflict are published by people, also by Jewish people, also by Israelis, who are anti-Semitic, who have written the, the, have written the, uh, the book based on, on other people. When you, when you base, when you base your, your conclusions on the conclusions of others, then all you have to do is, uh, you know, one, one, one researcher says, for example, that the West Bank is, is Arab. Then the other one says it's Arab because he, he's basically bases his, his, his conclusion. On the other on guy. The <laughs> right. Yeah. So one guy, one guy on the other guy. Now, when you have hundreds of people who wrote about the, the Arab, uh, say, uh, uh, rights on, on Palestine, Hundreds of people. So you, you, you have now uh, somebody writing a book basing his, his, uh, his conclusions, his false conclusions, on people who wrote false conclusions before. Right. But if, you go, if you go into the documents as I did in my book, if you, go to the, if you go into the decisions of the British cabinet and the British foreign office and the British uh, colonial office at the time, you will find that there's, there's, no, there's no basis for mm-hmm. saying that territory. No way. So having having laid out, and I'm sure most of my listeners would agree with the conclusions in your book, even before they read it, even though this will definitely give them the uh, ability to understand the situation more and to defend Israel in a, in a more cogent way. Um, do you think that Israel, given though the, the atmosphere in the world, which is against the law, sadly, 
Do you think that Israel should apply Israeli law to Judea and Samaria and, and legalize the settlements? Because really, they're not illegal to begin with. But Or should we continue in the situation that we're in right now, which doesn't seem to be... I mean, we're all here and the Jews are continuing to move in here. And I can tell you because they're my neighbors that the Arabs in Judea and Samaria, most of them are doing very, very well. Just telling you by the cars that I see on the road, many of them have a fine life and have no desire to change what's going on here. Do you think that Israel should stand up to the world and say, look, law is on our side and this is what we're going to do? Or that's too much to do given the atmosphere uh, that's very that's against Israel in the General Assembly and in Europe, of course, and even to a great degree now in Washington with this administration. You know, you know, the worst thing that you can say to, to an Arab, to a Palestinian Arab is is uh, uh, be under be under Palestinian authority. Oh, yes, we tell, know that. If you tell the, if, no. If you tell the Arabs of if you tell the Arabs of Israel, look, we want to put a authority. This is the worst thing that can happen to them. Absolutely not. So of course yeah. they are doing. The, yeah. Of course they are doing very well here, and the Palestinians who work inside Israel are doing much better than they, they can even dream of in, in in the Palestinian territories as well. Or in Syria, but, uh, or Jordan, or Iraq, or right. Lebanon, Anywhere. or most of the countries Anywhere. around us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, you're asking me a very political question. You're saying whether we should or we should not uh, um, apply the Israeli jurisdiction in the in the uh, in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the in Judea and Samaria. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say I would say we lost an opportunity to do that a few months ago when, right. when uh, last year when when Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, when, uh, Trump, it uh, seemed like there was a window of opportunity. Yeah, exactly. There's debate I about it, we, uh, but it did I seem like we, it. Yeah. Uh, but this is my own uh, my own uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. I think we made we made a big mistake not not to apply, not to uh, to accept what he what he said, even though he said that we have to recognize a Palestinian state because the Palestinian state will never will never come into into being because they, they, the the Arabs of Palestine are not really interested in a the state. They are tra- they're interested in one thing. To annihilate the state of Israel, right? Because if they were interested in a state where they were offered a generous offer by the uh, by uh, Ehud Barak, by uh, uh, other prime ministers who were in Israel, and they 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 rejected all of them, mm-hmm. and they have been rejecting uh-huh. every every single thing. And in actual fact, they did not move one inch since 1917, not one inch towards the settlement with the Jewish people. So they are not really interested in a state. They're interested in annihilating the state of Israel. But uh, I'm talking about the legal aspect. In the legal aspect, I think we should start, we should start uh, our leaders, the Jewish leaders in, in, in America, the Jewish leaders in, in, in Europe, the Jewish leaders in Israel, should start saying that this land, by international law, is not Arab, but Israeli, but Jewish. And if we don't do that, then we're going to lose more. We're not going to gain more. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least that would be a beginning. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Professor. Uh, author, Professor Abraham Sign. To whom was the promised land promised? Some fundamental truths about the Arab-Israeli conflict. Um, where can the book be, uh, it, be bought? Well, in, through Amazon is the best thing, the best bet. <laughs> 
Always. It can, also, it, can, yeah. it, can, it, can, it can also be bought through the publisher. But mm -hmm. even the publisher would, would, uh, would uh, prefer that it's bought through Amazon because it's much easier to get it there. Right. And it's, it, the price is, is quite cheap because the price is not, is not that high. It's $25 for a, for a paper bag, which, mm -hmm. is really, which is really no match to the, to the uh, uh, effort that has been put into the book. That's, that is for sure. No, I, I don't think the sales of the book is what's going to uh, fund your retirement. And right. don't 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 stop your pension that's coming in from the IDF. That would be my <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> Absolutely. No, this that's was true. I don't know if it was I don't know if I could call it a labor of love because it had to be difficult to write this. Also, I mean, as a as a lawyer, as someone whose life is all about the legalities and the law to see it being just stepped on or ignored or violated in just one way after the other to the, to the, and to the idea that it, it endangers your beloved country had to be a very difficult thing to do. But well, I personally appreciate that you did it because it, you did it to educate, you know, this stuff, you didn't write the book for you. It's to uh, it's to get it out there for the rest of us to be able to have, the uh, the tools in which to be able to counter some of the ridiculous arguments that come our way, if people yeah. want the truth, and that's but that's an entire other discussion. So um, it, was, it was a fascinating yes. it was a fascinating task actually. Yeah, I was fascinated by yeah. I I, I loved every minute of it. Okay, and good. I let my I myself. I was educated by what I did by by my research. That's wonderful. I, I, learned, I learned much more than I knew before even though I've been researching into it for the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. since, since 1967, I've been researching into the, the matter. And uh, in the uh, in Ariel, I've been, I established the Center for Law and Mass Media. I, uh, I, uh, there, there we made research. We had think tanks on the subject. And we had some very good uh, people, uh, academics, who, who went into this matter. And yet I knew much less than I knew after I made the research. Oh, the research really educated me greatly. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. When you have to footnote something, then you really end up, I know this from personal experience, then you yes. end up really having to research it very, very well. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Thank you so much, Professor, for your time. And uh, and I hope that people make use of uh, of the tremendous time and effort that you put into to this book. Um, to, whom, so to whom was the promised land promised? Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Eve Harrow on the Land of Israel, Rejuvenation. Um, got some lovely feedback from last week's show and uh, love to hear from all of you. So keep writing in and uh, I will keep trying to get interesting and, uh, and articulate uh, people on the show who, uh, who have what to teach us. So um, thank you so much again to all of you and take care, everybody. Goodbye from Israel. Goodbye for now. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said that the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Ours is a story filled with both challenge and controversy, but ultimately, it's also a story of hope and redemption. I'm Rav Mike Foyer, and this is The Jewish Story. Join Rav Mike Foyer for the best Jewish history podcast. The Jewish Story on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.